morning for Northeast by Midwest. This is Jonathan Jones. As I make this podcast today, I'm getting ready to head down to the room where I normally make the podcast. So right now you're moving along with me. (laughs) So how's your week? Hope it was well. Pray it was well. Happy Friday. It's Friday, my friends. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Well, today I want to give us something to think about. It's a passage I've been considering quite a bit lately. I'm getting ready here this coming Sunday at our church uh, to to preach, God willing, on leadership in the local church. And so just been doing a lot of thinking about how we size people up. Uh, You know, whether whether you uh, are a Christian uh, such as myself or others in the church, this is definitely something good for all of us to think about, but especially for those of us that call ourselves Christians. Uh, this is something we really need to consider and uh, we really need to to think over. And so the passage that's really been on my mind is 1 Samuel chapter 16. And for a little context, you know, Israel has chosen a king. They had a king. God was their king. And they decided that they did not want God as their king anymore. Well, they did, but sort of like a secondary king. They wanted a king like all of the other nations. And so God gave them what they wanted. There's a lesson there for us, friends. God will, uh, God will give us sometimes what we want, and uh, that's not always a good thing. So God is getting ready to give them what they want, and they choose a king. They basically choose a guy who's about as good-looking as anybody else, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's not the best thing. But more importantly than that for Israel... He was taller than everyone else, so obviously, why wouldn't the tallest guy be the best king? Well, long story short, if you ever want to read about that, you can read in 1 Samuel, really starting about 7 uh, through about 15, and that guy starts off really well, and then things kind of go south. And the prophet, who a prophet in the Bible is someone that speaks for God, uh, gets uh, their revelation directly from God and, and speaks as his voice and his emissary. And so Samuel is the prophet and he goes and is told by God to go to Bethlehem in Israel. Yes, you guessed it, the same Bethlehem where Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, would be, would be born. This, in fact, is Jesus' great, great, many times removed grandfather who will be chosen as king. And so these different sons of Jesse, he's got eight sons. He parades them uh, before him. And Samuel, a pretty godly guy, sees the first one come up, and he's a good-looking guy. He's a strapping young man. You know, anyone would want him as a king, I would think, or, you know, as a president. And so as this young man uh, steps up, um, Samuel, you know, uh, hears from the Lord, and the Lord says, look, I don't look as man does on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. And so Samuel has the next guy come up and the next and the next. And so, you know, it's not that these were bad guys. And maybe they didn't even have a bad heart, but they didn't have the right heart, the kind of heart that the Lord wanted. And so essentially, as the story continues, Samuel's a little mystified. I mean, this is the prophet of God and he should know who God's choice is. And The long and the short, uh, basically, Samuel says to Jesse, the father of these boys, and says, are these all of your sons? And Jesse says, well, I've got one more. He's out, you know, watching the sheep. He's the youngest. I mean, who would think the youngest would be king, right? And so they send for the youngest, and the Lord says, look, you know, 
um, this is the one. Interestingly enough, David, it says, King David, this is the King David, the same one that would end up killing Goliath. Um, it says he was ruddy and handsome, uh, probably red-haired, and so he looked good. So it's not that you can't look good and serve God, but the reality was his heart was where God wanted him. And so, you know, it just got me to thinking in my own life, as we as a church are talking through leadership in the local church, but also just in general, how we interact with people. You know, how often are, are many of us just like Samuel? You know, we see someone and they, they look good or they don't look good uh, by our standards, whatever that might be. And so we make assumptions. You know, there's an old phrase, right? Don't judge a book by its cover. And we do. We judge a book by its cover. We assume certain things. I mean, I see it all the time in the sports world, uh, especially in high school sports. You know, I think you see it sometimes in college and even the professionals, but especially in high school sports where, you know, you look at a team, you size them up and, you know, they don't look that muscular. They don't run that fast. They don't look that strong. And they whoop you because you judged them by how they looked, but you can't judge what's on the inside. And I think that's really kind of uh, the narrative that goes all throughout the Bible. You know, as I've grown up in the local church, from Sunday school, really from the nursery, all the way up through, you know, there's a lot of assumptions that you make. Um, I don't know that necessarily people teach those assumptions, but sometimes they either just get formed in our minds. One of them, for instance, is about this King David who was chosen. I remember at some point, whether someone taught it or I thought it, that, you know, because his brothers were pretty good looking and sort of strapping guys, that David really was, you know, sort of this, I don't know if he was an ugly guy, but maybe he looked a little nerdy. Maybe he, well, the Bible's pretty clear. Like he was ruddy and handsome. He was good looking, just like his brothers. But he had something, at least in God's eyes, that they didn't. And that was the heart that would pant after God. I mean, that same David would, would write words in the Psalms like, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Or, you know, he would write things like, against you and you only have I sinned and done what's evil in your sight. So, you know, David got it. You know, he, he had the kind of heart the Lord was looking at. And I think that's an important thing for us uh, to think about and consider, uh, you know, when it comes to um, how we look at people, friends. Now, for those of you that are Christians, uh, this is of utmost importance, right? Because, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, and love our neighbors ourselves. I mean, I think that very idea of God looking on the inside versus the outside is kind of implicit in the greatest commandment. <clears throat> and yet, if we're honest as humans, I do it, you do it, we all do it. We go in the grocery stores, we see it in the sports world, we see it at our workplaces, where we size people up. We have our opinions about them. We're pretty sure, you know, what they're going to do or how they're going to act. And, you know, sometimes we might be right. But let me give you a few more thoughts to think about. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Lord Jesus for a moment. You know, I remember as a little boy growing up and shooting basketball in my uh, parents' driveway and, you know, always thinking that I wanted Jesus on my team because every time he'd get the ball, you know, he'd dunk it or shoot from the other end of the floor and make it. Well, those are kind of whimsical things that a, a child would think. But, you know, more and more as I study the scriptures, I mean, Isaiah 53 tells us that there was 
nothing about his appearance that would draw us to him. In fact, I mean, there's nothing sinful, you know, uh, about not being able to win a race or missing a a shot on a basketball floor, you know, or, you know, I think it's Jesus even as a carpenter, as he was learning, he didn't probably build everything perfectly. No, Jesus did not sin. He didn't even consider sin. And so I'm sure being his brother or sister was probably a bit challenging, (laughs) you know, but the reality is he learned just like we did, the God of the universe. And, and so, you know, learning is not sinful unless you're breaking rules or laws and stuff, which Jesus didn't do. So the point being, like, when you saw Jesus, which is why when most people saw him, they were unimpressed by his physical appearance because, honestly, he was just an average Joe, if you will, or an average John Jones. There wasn't anything that was like, wow, he's super muscular or has blonde hair and blue eyes or whatever we might think would make a guy just super special. And, you know, it got me to thinking about passages in the Old Testament, like Samson. I mean, how many pictures, if you've ever seen them, if you grew up in the church or even if you didn't, you know, did you see drawn of Samson with these like huge muscles and, and super strong? And the Bible doesn't seem to give any indications that way. I mean, he may have been super muscular, but I tend to think he was probably just a normal dude that when God came on him, he did incredible things. And the reason I tend to think that is, isn't that the narrative throughout the whole Bible? I mean, King David, we just talked about. Yeah, he was a good looking guy, but it's not like the whole nation of Israel was panting after him per se. They would eventually. So I I think the narrative in scripture is really kind of that idea of 1 Samuel 16. I think it's verse 7 when God says, hey, look, I do not look on the outward appearance as man does. I look on the heart. You know, because God is God, he has an MRI machine, if you will. He is the MRI machine. And he can see things in our lives that we can't see. And so today I just want to encourage you, whether it's, you know, you're a boss at work, you're a parent at home, maybe you're a pastor, maybe you're someone else that just came across this. You know, maybe you're not even a Christian. I I don't know where you're at. Thankfully, God does. But just a couple of thoughts. Number one, God knows your heart and he knows mine. He knows my motives. He knows why I will and will not do things. He knows, you know, the very intents of what my heart does. He knows your heart. You know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17 9 that our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all else. Who can know it? Only God can. And until we know Christ, you know, we have a wicked heart and we need that replaced with a good heart. And I'm not talking about our physical heart here that keeps us alive, but that, that inner part of us that no one can see. And I think, you know, as people, especially as Christians, we need to recognize that, that when we're dealing with other people, that ultimately what we see on the outside may not be a reflection of what's on the inside. It can be sometimes, but many times it's not. A final story today before I close. When I was in seminary, uh, we had one of our, I think it was seminary, maybe it was college. We had one of our teachers that was talking to us about a youth group, and he was kind of illustrating this idea that we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. And he was talking about a youth group up somewhere in the, I think the Rochester, New York area. Um, And there was a, a gentleman that led this <clears throat> particular youth group and it was huge as I recall it was a couple hundred kids two three hundred kids 
And so the guy that's teaching us said, I wanted to go up and see it, see what he, you know, this person was doing and how they were running it. And he says, I got there and, you know, met a couple of the leaders. They were really nice. And, you know, I'm just expecting this like super hip guy, you know, jeans and a t-shirt, hair slicked back, whatever, sunglasses. He goes, I don't know what to expect. And all of a sudden there comes up this guy with, uh, you know, a comb over hairdo. He's got the, the, the pen holder in his pocket with all these pens and, and, you know, highlighters, glasses, frankly, looked kind of just really didn't look like a youth leader comes up, shakes my hand. And he says, I just watched him with the kids and he just loved them and they loved him. And he goes, I learned a lesson again, that is not, not to judge people by what we first see. And, and I've always thought of that. I'm like, you know, I mean, hey, like all of you there, I want to be good looking. I, I, I want to be handsome. I want to dress modestly. I want to, you know, of course, I want to present myself in a way. And so this isn't in any way and never was a bash on this particular, you know, youth leader. The reality was this guy had it figured out more than most people do. And, and the reality was these kids flocked to him, not because of how he looked, but because of his heart. And I think that's the point that God makes in 1 Samuel, that he does not judge people as we do. And so what a great thought for us today on this Friday as you go into this weekend. You know, if you're a churchgoer, um, as you're with your family, don't let your first thought about how people look be your final thought. Let the character of their life determine that. Now, sometimes our thoughts might be right, but I think a lot of times they're not. I think we miss it and we prejudge people. And we miss looking deeper inside. And ultimately, only one person truly knows that. And that's the Lord. So today, uh, at least for me, and I would pray the same for you, uh, make sort of a pact before the Lord. That like the Lord says, he does not look as man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. For Northeast Midwest, this is Jonathan Jones. Have a great Friday and a great weekend.